Test, test, test. Test, 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 test. Hello, hello. Oh, oh. Yep. One, two. Yep. Shift it over. One. Oh, two. Oh, come on now. One. Serious. Serious party fell. Somebody's like. Welcome to Flipping Off, a purpose-driven podcast about flipping houses and making a difference. All right. Well, hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Melina Boswell here, co-founder of New Wealth Advisors Club. Um, I'm sitting here today in the studio with uh, six of my favorite people, and um, today is a oh, it's a um, a bag of mixed emotions. And so I have Frank Luna with me, Tim Wilkinson, John Slater, Oscar Solaris, and uh, my oldest son, David Boswell. Um, many of you probably know, or if you don't know. Um, we um, experienced the tragedy of losing my husband, um, Dave, on March 14th. And so today is our first day back uh, in the studio for a podcast um, after his entrance into uh, glory. So it's really weird. You can imagine um, trying to decide what, what do we do today, um, how do we do it, um, how do we move forward? And so we are doing exactly what um, I've been doing every single day since um, the day Dave went home. And it is to, we have two goals in mind today, and that is number one, to um, honor Dave uh, in who he was and what he meant um, to each one of us and what he stood for and what he created. And so I have my my inner, inner, inner circle here with me today to help me uh, accomplish that. So um, it's funny, as we're sitting here in this podcast right now, normally, well, we are, we're actually sitting across the table from each other, and I can't look at them. <laughs> so I'm facing the wall um, because it's difficult for me to look them in the eye as we um, embark on this journey, um, you know, for fear of losing, losing it. <laughs> not going to say we won't lose it. Some of us may lose it at some point today, but our goal is to really let you in uh, a little bit into the inner workings of the club and what we are doing. Um, it became very clear to me um, early on that we would carry on with the club and the legacy that Dave started and has really opened the door to allow us to walk in. So um, I think we're going to hear from each person here. Um, as you guys know, we don't ever script anything. We have a conversation ahead of time, like what is the goal and of each podcast, and so we just operate from that space. So um, as we start today, I, I thought it would be fun um, to um, ask each one of these guys to share with us um, one moment that they experienced with Dave, and I kind of want to hear something quirky and funny like some things about Dave are really uh, many of you may or you may not know but Dave was you know like borderline genius kind of guy um, so he was really really smart and he was he had the biggest heart um, but he was that made for a little bit of um, awkward <laughs> <laughs> Dave had some awkward he was he was really kind of awkward which if you get to know me you'll know that's one of the things I loved about him because I really love awkward weird people, right? That's why um, the club, I call it the home of the misfits because I really like misfits. I don't like people. I'm not that I don't like people, but I really like the misfits. And Dave 
ironically, the more I've been thinking about it, the more I realize Dave was like the ultimate misfit. Um, and his, <laughs> right? Isn't that mm-hmm. kind of true? So I just thought it'd be fun today for us to talk a little bit about some of the things that maybe you wouldn't know about Dave that you wouldn't see from the stage. Um, and every person here got to experience life with him. Uh, every person here um, today has been on vacation with him and been with him in places where his hair was really, you know, let down and he would, um, and you got to experience the real Dave and it was, there's a lot of like really great things that I think people don't know about him. So I didn't really tell them that this is what I was going to do, but I would like for each one of you guys to share something like on a, you know, something really funny, especially if it's awkward or something that was awesome about Dave that you got to experience with him that you know, people maybe wouldn't, um, from his outside life. know. So, haha, there you go. Threw him a curveball. So does anybody who wants to start first, who would like to start first, who has something in mind? Everybody seems to be staring at me. Frank, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was going, (laughs) when you were talking, I was thinking, and, um, I, when I think of different moments, there were so many very similar moments because of his sense of humor um and i i guess i got i guess i have a weird sense of humor too yeah you're definitely a misfit Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) so um it seemed like every time we had a conversation we were joking about something it always escalate (laughs) almost like uh we would have a competition about who could say the most awkward thing about a moment or something and it was it was it was rooted around kind of being creative and (laughs) see and um What's interesting is I don't have uh, many relationships like that with people where I feel comfortable doing that. I'm always very reserved. But once you get to know me, I'm, I, I'm probably joking almost every moment. <laughs> so um, uh, there's something very – what st- for me, what started that uh, was many people know Dave was um, my uh, tax accountant mm-hmm. for many years. So I would meet with him. Regularly, in our first meeting, we just got to know each other. Um, I was kind of thrown into his office. Um, it, I think it was his first year. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the tax accountant had a very odd name that uh, introduced me to Dave. So I met Dave. He looked really, really young. I mean. He was really, really young. <laughs> <laughs> so he looked really young, uh-huh. too, yes. Yeah. So he, uh-huh. he was wearing glasses. Uh-huh. And... Um, I don't know how old, how old and it was like 2000, 2001, not mm-hmm. really sure. He was young. He was very young. And um, I remember he was wearing a yellow shirt <laughs> and he had a pocket protector. He did not. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> you know, he had, he wore glasses at that time. He had a pocket protector. Nerd alert. Well, you know, he looked like a tax accountant. <laughs> so I, I sat down and I was like, I wanted to ask him how old he was because I don't think he had a I don't think he had a goatee or anything. Uh, if he did, it was very it, light. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was. So um, th- this is the funniest moment for me that that I can remember when I first met him. Mm-hmm. And what was funny about it years later to me was uh, in meeting him, I had no idea who this man was or who he was gonna be mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. But um, it w- it was a really straightforward meeting we had you know we joked around a little bit but um over the years we got to know each other and um for me i don't i don't really if you guys realize this i don't like being told what to do i don't 
No, if no. I, yeah. No. I know it's weird. I, I think we all do. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but. <laughs> no, that's a shocker. Really? Yeah, I thought yeah. it would be. <laughs> so um, uh, after getting to know him, like, I usually would uh, seek out counselor advice on maybe the internet or read a book about something. I would never ask uh, for advice from individuals because uh, the truth was, for me, there wasn't a lot of people in my life that I respected enough to have uh, asked for advice. So I got to know Dave over a couple of meetings. And um, one year, he decided to um, start giving me some uh, unsolicited advice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't. I, I don't think he knew my personality at that point. Maybe he had a, an idea or an inkling. But um, what sticks out for me is the advice that he gave me. What it was around, and it, it had to do with my rebellious nature. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he told me, um, hey, you know, uh, you know, you go to you go to church. I see where you tithe. We're talking about that. Which what. <laughs> <laughs> so funny he'd go there with you yeah i mean we never uh you know he knew i went to church and um he went to harvest and we had shared that that was one commonality we had and um he decided to uh uh what do you critique me or he called me out on, on the, challenged you <laughs> he you challenged me with the amount of money i was tithing <laughs> that was his first um you know counseling session and if if you're a christian like you don't do that <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I remember when he was telling me this, I, very few of you probably see me blush, but uh, I remember I was getting embarrassed and um, I was like, what? This guy is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's also weird is I'm totally the person to do the same thing to people. 100%. <laughs> yes. Like uh, I've, so many times I've started to tell somebody something like that and they look at me with that same look I'm sure I gave Dave. When he was looking at me, and um, <laughs> that's so funny. I never even knew that, Frank. Yeah, and so I know he could totally tell. Like I was, like, was I getting mad? Was I getting embarrassed because he was calling me out? Was what something <laughs> was stirring? And um, at that point, I mean, I I really didn't know Dave very well, but um, there was something about the guy when you met him. He was very straightforward. Um, he kind of commanded respect. He was very. Um, it's just he was just that kind of guy. So I I don't know a lot of people like that. There's not a lot of people like that. So when he was telling me this, I was having this inner battle. Like, what do I do? Do I get another tax guy? What am I? <laughs> <laughs> Kathy can attest to that. I'm There's sure. been some conversations. Mm-hmm. So uh, at that point, um, there was nothing that David ever said or did for me to not have respect for him. And what he was telling me was tr- was the truth. So. At, <laughs> <laughs> at that point, I decided to put aside my my frustration and anger, and it turned into a, a funnier conversation. And I kind of just let it go. And you know, now years later, <laughs> I'm I'm very glad I let that go. <laughs> or else I wouldn't be sitting right here. That's so funny. That's that is such a great that's a great story, Frank. I never knew that. Yeah. Um, I love that. I, I can so understand it. So what that tells me about. Like, I just know that if he went there with you, it was because he felt, you know, yeah. comfortable because he wouldn't do yeah. that well, with just anybody. Uh, you well, must have professed your faith. Yeah. So he was going to hold you to it. That's who he was. Yeah. Right. Next. <laughs> you know, it, it's so funny. Um, Dave's two-word 
purpose statement was provoking greatness in others. And when I hear that story, that is what he was doing in you, provoking greatness in you. Yep, I agree. Yeah. I got to enjoy, uh, I got to enjoy a lot of time outside the office with Dave uh, on the golf course. And uh, for me, it was a, a great opportunity to see Dave in a, in a very different light. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was such an awesome guy at the club for, you know, what he did for everybody. And everybody could see the kind of person he was. But to actually get out there on the golf course and, you know, be free from, you know, the daily life of business and, you know, those stresses. And, you know, Dave, Dave introduced me to a couple of his friends that we went golfing with. Uh, a couple of people from, you know, the retreat, the community, you know, where we lived. And what was was funny for me was, you know, meeting some of these new people that David already played with, David built a relationship with, and here he is, he's introducing me. And, you know, we we played, I remember exactly where we were up at Glen Ivy, a couple of guys that I'd never met. And for those that don't know this about me, I I, I have my, I have my, my, my other side, my my slightly foul language side that comes out occasionally no. and it's the it's the english soccer side of me that uh the the, the the hooligan as as oscar says or my wife would say the you know and we're we're in the middle of playing and you know things are going great we're playing well and you know we're just having a good time and you know we get to one hole and i you know we're both on the green i think in two shots and then next minute i four putt and you know Dave's kind of trying to keep a straight face and the words that came out of my mouth right then and literally these two guys that I'd never met before just stood there staring at me for maybe four or five seconds and then suddenly just burst into laughter and we're all you know well they're they're all laughing I'm absolutely fuming because I took four putts but it was it, it became it became one of the things that we did. You know, I, I'd then listen to Dave when he would make mistakes. He'd try and copy the English accent and <laughs> say the same words that I was saying that don't even make a sentence, but, you know, it, it really explains how you feel. And uh, it, it carried us around, and everybody we played with, it, it was just common now that when you made mistakes, it was the, the John Explicits that needed to come out in the middle of the golf course at full voice to let out that steam. So. That's so funny. And they would do it in their British accent. Yes. That's in hilarious. their British accent. That's so, so. funny. Which I, Dave couldn't do well. No, he couldn't. He was he, horrible. He was horrible at that. Like, he wasn't a good impersonator at all. Kind of sounded a little bit like Oliver Twist, I think. But, <laughs> you know, please, sir, can I have some more? But, no, it's, you know, we, we, we had so many fun times on the golf course, but to... To kind of take a different side of Dave, the way that he was, you know, he, as we all know, he, he started to take his golf very serious. Just like everything that he did, he, mm-hmm. he wanted to perfect everything. Yes. And he came from, you know, shooting horrible scores to really, you know, working on his game and, and really becoming very good. And, you know, I, there's a specific hole at Glen Ivy that's a nightmare for us. And two sides to it is one, you know, Dave's playing really well and suddenly he puts three balls into the, into one of the houses and you hear it <laughs> boing off the roof and, you know, hope that's not a window. But to kind of tell the type of person Dave is, if he ever hit a ball that it hit a house, he would drive over there, he'd go look for the ball and he'd go see if there was any damage. Mm-hmm. And he always said, mm-hmm. you know, the first thing I'm going to do is apologise and then get my checkbook out and pay for whatever I need to pay for. 
And I can tell you that I've played with a lot of people who it's almost, you know, you hit the ball and it goes and hits a house and you hear it and they kind of want to get in the car and drive away and turn the opposite direction. Yeah, that's 100% who Dave was. He operated in, um, that was a that was an, an integrity issue for him. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I've got a million stories that, you know, that for me the memories with Dave are seeing him laugh the way that he laughs when he's trying to be super serious but at the same time he just can't help it he can't help it but it was what made us relax and you know it it became a saying for us uh our swing oil as we called it that you know we'd always go to play golf and say okay we we enjoy his golf maybe we can have a maybe we'll have a drink at some stage and no 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 let's be serious today let's play golf let's just drink water (laughs) water and gatorade it's it's 100 degrees water and gatorade and Usually by about the eighth hole, we'd say, okay, we need a little swing oil now. Just, just <laughs> swing oil, one yes. little drink to loosen yeah. up the muscles. And uh, invariably, we would then play very well. Better. And although I, I do want to share the, the final comment. It was down at Dos Lagos when we played where we got stuck behind every man, his dog, his grandma. They, they were the slowest players in the world. And the the trolley lady came past with the drinks, and we maybe had one too many, <laughs> and we literally spent forty minutes digging balls out of one of the ponds there at Dos Lagos. We completely forgot all about golf. We were laughing, giggling. We were falling in the edge of the water. We were dragging balls out, and everybody was just going past us and just ignoring us. And we were like, "Have a nice game. Have a nice game." And we're pulling oh. balls out of the pond. So we, I think we got about 50 balls that day out of the pond. So. Wow, that's, <laughs> but, that's uh, great. That's then I had to stop playing golf because we actually, we were struggling to drive the golf cart that day. So, yeah, fun times, yes. fun times. Yes. Uh, All right, so thanks, John. That's a great story. I guess we're going to hear from Tim next. Yeah. All right. I've been, I've been thinking about a couple things um, on a on a kind of, funny note i mean i always love the way dave would tell a story and i always go back to him telling the story of uh, protecting his fish yeah. right i mean that it's a long story and i can't go into too much detail about it because it would take forever but he was so animated he would actually do the physical activity that you know he, he was just so animated and into telling the story of of what was going on you know crawling down the stairs and <laughs> Uh, you know, hiding behind the, the the window, you know, opening the window a crack and hiding. And just um, the way that he would tell a story was just so fun to watch. But on a personal note, um, he just <clears throat> he just had the best way to um to really drive a point and provoke greatness. Mm-hmm. And I always think back to how like he just had a, a few words for me one day mm-hmm. to really drive the point of my own personal value. Um, wow, sorry guys. <clears throat> Don't be sorry. Oh, wow. <sighs> anyway, so um I think I got it under control now. But he um he just had the greatest way to say just a few words that, you know, like in my particular instance, he um, he was 
kind of just give me a little bit of a jab about like how much value I hold for myself, you know? Um, and he just said to me, or he said, effectively, he just told me um, that I would do it for $50 and a, like $50 and a Jolly Rancher. It's, it rings through to me all the time. Like I'm $50 and a Jolly Rancher and I have to um, remember all the time that that's not me. I'm worth way more than that because I used to just treat myself that way. If that makes sense. It makes it's, sense. It makes sense to me. So yeah, it's, I mean, I feel I mean, like I know, I'm not being yeah. clear in the story to yeah. people who don't know me or don't know right. uh, us, but I know me. And w- before I came to the club, I held little value for myself. Um, I did have a very big, I would say I would have a very big ego, but that was just to hide the fact that I had very little value for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dave just had this way of, of provoking greatness in people and specifically in me by saying things that like kind of made me chuckle but really made me think mm-hmm. like, holy cow, like that is me and I don't want to be that. Like I am not $50 in a Jolly Rancher. Right. So it was – yeah, I, I think that's it's such a – I'm glad you shared that story. But it was um, – Dave had a way of um, seeing people exactly as they are he had an uncanny ability to look through you right and know exactly what you need and you know all that stuff that you were talking about like you walked in with a little bit of an ego um which was really hiding the fact that you never felt good enough and um and dave knew that about you and the way he viewed you was great so the way he was able to communicate that to you was not to sit there like the way to communicate with you tim is not to say oh tim you're so great oh tim you're this you're that because you were struggling with ego right and ego is a block right and so the way dave got to you was by just piercing you by saying well of course you'd do that you know you would take that deal all day long you'd do it for 50 bucks and a jolly rancher right and it was and it was i remember that and i remember that um, it was a piercing words to hear for you, but I also know it rang true to you, right? It, absolutely. It was it was a turning point in in my career as a real estate investor for sure, and it was a turning point in in my own personal uh, who I hold myself to be um, because I I realized that I believed my own ego up until that point, and that rang so true that I was that I had to question it. Because I kind of chuckled at the time. It was one of those little funny sayings that he would say. And it, it kind of. Well, he never used that for anybody else, by the way. But that, that's what I'm. And, uh, but I mean, he had little things that he would say, mm-hmm. like to different people. Absolutely. But he had just a great way of putting, putting words together in a way that would just pierce you mm-hmm. and, and provoke, mm-hmm. really provoke. Because that wasn't. That didn't inspire me. Nope. Dave was not inspiring greatness. He wasn't inspiring anything. Mm-hmm. He would absolutely provoke me to do way more than I even considered I could. And it was just huge for me. That's so good. That is that is exactly right. It's a perfect um a perfect analogy of who he was, for sure. It's really good. He, he it was a, it was an absolutely unbelievable um gift that he had. Uh, and I can tell you he did it in me all the time. He made me a way better um, mother, wife, business owner, mentor, coach, daughter. He just made me a better person no matter what because he was right. constantly provoking greatness in me always. From I, I just um, – and I'm thankful that I told him that a lot 
<laughs> so mm. I am definitely thankful that I, I gave him gratitude for him, him being that for me in my life. I'm, I'm clear I wouldn't be who I am today if it weren't for him, for sure. Right. Yeah. Um, thanks, Tim. Oscar, can we hear from you? Yeah, let's get something funny again. Yeah. Uh, whatever. You share whatever you I'm feel led funny. to share. <laughs> <coughs> not no, funny. The, the thing that, uh, that you were talking about right now, Tim, just uh, I was thinking about it, and, and how did he affect me or impact me, <clears throat> right? And um, I was realizing that um, he knew that I'm the guy that sits back and, and watches everything play out and observes, right? So he never really, we never really had those types of conversations where he would like push me in a certain direction. But what he did was that he would act a certain way. Mm. He would set an example with his actions and his words mm. that I didn't have to be told. It was like, oh, that's for me, mm. right? And I was able to take that away mm. and, and use it <clears throat> and build myself through it. So it was, it was interesting how he, how he was able to really cater his way of communicating to that person, like you were saying, Melina, right? It's very specific to that person and very targeted to each individual. So they got what they needed to get clearly, right? And sometimes it was zero words. Mm. It was just an action mm. or it was a behavior, right? Or it was how he reacted to something that I knew I would be like, mm, delete, right? <laughs> <clears throat> and then, it, and I took that and, and learned that wow, you know, there's a different approach or there's a different way of looking at it or just, there's a different perspective. And so it helped me to do, uh, to change a lot of who I was to, to where I am today. So, and, uh, <clears throat> so that, that kind of triggered that, that thought because that's not even where I was at when she asked the question, right, of, hmm. of share something. But um, on another note, I don't, know how, I don't know if you remember this, Melina, but I went out door knocking with Dave. <laughs> I do remember that. I do. Right? And I don't. I don't know. Who, Frank's looking at me like, "What the what?" Yeah, way back in the yeah. day. So <clears throat> I, I might be the only one that's ever gone out. I think you're right. Door knocking with Dave. I think you're right. right. And uh, except I never me. even heard of this. <laughs> and uh, and it was in yeah, other than Molina, mm-hmm. and in, of all places, it was in Carlsbad, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so it was an interesting trip to go down to San Diego. So there was a lot of conversation time. <clears throat> and, and then when we get to the doors, um, we, we did what we do, right, which is we, we prayed before we went out and, and started having conversations and talking to people. But all I could think in my head at the time was, why is he door knocking with me, mm-hmm. was one. And the other is like, well, he used to be a cop, so I want to see how this is going to play out. <laughs> right? How's he going to walk up to that door? Did he cop knock it? All I could think of was him just banging the door yeah. down, right? <laughs> like, but it uh, wasn't that, uh, obviously. But uh, it, was, it was good. It was interesting. It was, it was a whole different approach of, and a whole different side of Dave, right, that mm-hmm. I never would have seen had I not taken the opportunity to drive out there and what I what I realized later on was like oh he was getting to know who I am mm-hmm. he was understanding more about who I, how I am the, through the conversation mm-hmm. we spent time we had dinner down there and all that so it was it was cool but and and so I you know it's it's one of those times that I value that I got to spend that time with him mm-hmm. and and do all that and then I I don't let go of the water bottle thing because <laughs> I know it, it drove him bananas, right? 
and he just gave me that stare down. So I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go do it again. <laughs> Let's see how far I can push him with this, right? It's so funny. There's, there's a common thread with every one of you here. Every one of you have now acknowledged your either rebellious and or prideful nature. <laughs> <laughs> True. Right. Right? Yeah, it takes a real leader to be able to lead guys like this. That's for sure. Yeah, we're a mixed bag of goods for uh-huh. sure. So, uh, you know, actually, Adam was asking me, because the last time I did a presentation, I had two bottles of water. He's like, man, we got to get you a permanent bottle. I'm like, no. Yeah. I'm going to continue to use a plastic bottle, because every time it clicks for me, it reminds me of Dave. So, that's me. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, hmm. So, yeah, um, I'm, it's, it, it is, it makes me really, really proud um, and excited um, in the weirdest way. You know, I'm, I'm personally experiencing a bag of emotions. Um, so, but I just realized listening to each one of you, like, really, Dave, Dave was such a big person that he wanted big people around him. And every one of you are really big. You know, Dave was not the guy who wanted to keep people small around him. He wanted to have big people around him um, because he wanted everybody to be bigger. He really did live out provoking greatness. He wasn't about keeping small people down. He was all about making people bigger, better, and faster. Um, And so as we have made decisions to move forward, um, uh, well, I'll just share with everybody. both of um, our sons have decided to uh, move back home from Idaho and to step into the business with us. And so our oldest son, David, is here with us today. Um, and this is the first time he's ever experienced um, being inside of a podcast recording with us. And it is, you know, this is the uh, the new generation if you will. So I think today I wanted it, I wanted us to honor where we've been and then I wanted to be able to, to look forward a little bit. And I didn't really know exactly what this was going to look like. Um, and I still don't <laughs> until we're sitting here right now. And the reality of um, our sons stepping into the business with us, I think is the first step in terms of moving forward. And so I would um, like everybody to hear from our son, David, um, and maybe he can share a little bit about why he's, you know, why he's made the decision. Um, David, maybe you can just share kind of what it's been like for you. You know, first of all, you're, you're Dave Boswell's um, oldest son. And um, it, it, many people can imagine it's never been easy to be his children. <laughs> to be not only his, but mine and his. Imagine be, us being your parents. I used to just always say that to people. Can you imagine me and Dave being your parents? It's like no easy um, thing. And so uh, David has um, decided and chosen, both David and Andrew have chosen to step into the business um, and to be completely transparent with everybody out there. Um, right after Dave's passing, uh, my first thought was, I guess I'm moving to Idaho to be with my children. And it was my son, David, who said, no, I don't think we're supposed to move to Idaho or you're supposed to move to Idaho. I think I'm supposed to be here. I believe that we are supposed to step into the business. So... Son, if you would like to share, maybe if you want to share something about um, anything, one thing you want to share about dad or um, why you're here or, and I know I'm just so putting him on the spot, aren't I? I know. So here he is. It's so cool for me to 
listen to you guys and tell all these stories about my dad because I can I can paint a visual <laughs> each moment mm-hmm. and exactly how it played out and it's awesome because he's the he's been the same person for everybody and I I think that's so awesome I just it's a testament to who he really was it's it's so cool for me to hear how he helped everybody individually because who I am was shaped a hundred percent you know by Dave and most people or for anybody who doesn't know Dave is my stepdad and I wasn't fortunate enough to you know have my biological father in the picture from the beginning and Dave was what was he if he were if he were actually my biological father he would have been about 15 years old (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow, now everybody knows. <laughs> yes, I'm a cougar. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> started dating him when he was 16, right? No, no. God. All right, son, go ahead. As weird as that sounds, it was really a special opportunity because I got to, I got to grow up with somebody who was kind of like a friend, you know, as well as a and a pretty amazing father who had no other kids but just fell into that role so perfectly. <laughs> so I'm going to share a funny story. My brother's going to kill me. <laughs> but I'm sorry, dude. I love you. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear this I one. can't wait either. So Dave was a, an incredible wakeboarder. He was like, remarkable on the water. He loved boating and and anything extreme that had to do with the water. And so we spent a lot of time at Lake Paris growing up. And for anybody who doesn't know, the the lake is, there's a big island in the middle, and it's a one-direction lake, so you have to keep going in a circle. And, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we, we round the first corner, and all of a sudden my brother, he has to go to the bathroom. And it's probably, I don't know, help me out, it's maybe another couple miles to go around the island. Yeah takes a good solid 20, 20 minutes 20 minutes to get around so Andrew's just doing the dance over in the corner and I don't remember if Dave wanted to ride first we had flat water we would wake up really early you know to get out on the water so he could have glass water and I think did he ride I, I, yeah, I he can't remember riding. I think he wanted to ride first and he's like you're gonna have to hold it Andrew so we, you know, we're making our way around the turn, and finally Andrew's just like, I, I cannot. I have to go now. My dad's like, he's just getting a kick out of this. He's belly laughing. <laughs> so, and I, of course, being the older brother, I'm, I couldn't get enough of it either. I, it was hilarious to me, and I could see my brother just getting so mad at everybody, and it just fueled our fire. <laughs> so finally Dave jumps in the boat, and we, you know, we speed to the dock and we're all just laughing the whole time Andrew's still just mad as can be and Dave jumps off the off the boat with Andrew and they're walking up the dock and I'll never forget this image I'm ne- <laughs> I'm never going to forget this image but finally my my poor brother he was probably 6 yeah, probably 6 years old at the time he he gave it all he had but he he gave up and <laughs> <laughs> he gave up <laughs> I'll never forget he reaches down and grabs his pant leg and does a little shake <laughs> with his shorts and and just out falls this little <laughs> this little, little dingleberry as, as Dave would say. 
I fell over. I fell over laughing at my. Everybody was laughing, and except for Andrew. Andrew was <laughs> devastated. <laughs> He's still <laughs> devastated. He's still devastated. He's still dealing with it. And so, of course, in the light of it being so funny, um, my dad had to find a lesson in there. And so he, he calls me over because I was the one laughing the hardest. And he says, take off your shoe. And I'm like, what? Why? What do you mean? And so he said, take off your shoe. Give me your shoe. And so I take off my flip-flop and I hand it to him, and he proceeds to swipe the little dingleberry into the water with my shoe. <laughs> cleans, <laughs> cleans up the dock with my shoe. Tells me, now go, now go clean your shoe off. I walked up to the bathroom with my brother, and as funny and as awesome as that memory is, he, Dave was just the – he was the kind of guy to – he was always about the little guy, you know, it didn't matter. He saw my brother in pain and he still catered to him. And it taught what that taught me was to always have my brother's back. Like, you know, no matter what, since that day, I've, I had a new respect for my little brother and to always make sure, you know, I just saw it from a different light. It was hilarious. It was, it was hilarious, but there was a lesson in there to learn. And that is how my dad was. He was, he was pretty incredible. So I, uh, I'm excited to become a part of the business and his legacy and what he what he really loved. I know he loved you guys so much and I love all of you so much because of that and I can see now what he saw in everybody and I just want to soak up everything that these guys can offer me because I know my dad poured everything into you and I just want to be able to serve and do anything that I can to make this business bigger, better and faster and live on my dad's legacy so thank you guys for having me I love it. it's our pleasure man sure. I think it's I think it's kind of bittersweet to see David here you know it's uh, you know I've had conversations that you know I haven't shared with anybody where Dave's talked about David and Andrew especially when we've been out golfing and you know they'll call up and have a chat with him or something and he'll kind of share with me some of those conversations and you know I've only known David now for probably probably three years, I think, since I first met him. And, you know, I remember him being very apprehensive when uh, when he met people for the first time. But even in the last three years, I've, I've been able to see David grow to who he is. And, you know, I, I, I am I right in saying your two word is stirring bravery? Was that what he was? Exactly. Yeah. And I remember saying one day, I remember seeing David with with his kids and seeing how he acted and, really saw that in him so I'm it is bittersweet that David's come down and moving back this way but it's exciting at the same time because he's you know he is he is Dave Boswell's son and he's he's grown to be the man that he is and you know he's gonna move forward with this business yeah that's that's a really good um good thing to say John it's true um I can't believe David shared that story. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, for I'm, I'm glad he did. I am too. <laughs> too. Um, I mean, you don't even know how many jokes were around poop on the dock. Like, it was like the never ending. Like, it just gave so many, so much. Andrew I mean, is going to be so I know, excited that I know. it's on He's the podcast. He's going to be so now. happy. <laughs> It's the best. Um, but yeah, uh, it's so funny. I had no idea when he started sharing about, I was like, is he kidding me right now? All right. He's really going there. All right. But I really love how you, how you tied it together, David. I think it's brilliant. Um, I, I, it's true. 
And David, um, we were having this conversation a couple of weeks ago and David said, I just want to see dad. And, um, I told him, look in the mirror. <laughs> Cause that's the truth because they are Dave Boswell. Um, who they are is a, is absolutely who Dave was. And I can look at each one of you and I see the same thing. And I think the same thing, like look in the mirror. If you want to see Dave, look in the mirror because he absolutely has shaped each and every one of us and who we are. And it is my 100% commitment that we stay that course, uh, and, and continue to live out Dave's legacy of bigger, better, faster. That is absolutely what we are going to do. So, um, I think it's probably a good time now to uh, sign off. Um, you know, there's something about the dash, right? And uh, I feel like the end of this podcast just needs to be a dash for Dave, the dash that he lived and that he lived really, really well. So the last thing I want to say is, um, man, I love you, Dave Boswell. And uh, you did a good dash. So Boswell's out. <laughs> <laughs>